And welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. My name is Sam, and in a week that saw two F1 freight planes stuck in Miami due to poor weather, potentially postponing the weekend, we bring you a Brazilian Grand Prix preview, reminiscing over fond memories and giving our weekend predictions. Joining us for this podcast is the usual, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Joe Roberts. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. And we're joined by the man himself, the Alex Albon lookalike. It's Matt Collier. Matt, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very well, Sam. Thank you for having me again. No worries. It's good to have you on for your second appearance, I think. Yeah, yeah. second appearance? Yeah. Very no, the theme here is like a recurrence where Josh is not here. Yeah, surprisingly, Josh isn't here again, uh, which you, you've probably noticed by now, but he will be back at some point, hopefully this weekend uh, for a review. But anyway, let's get into our preview. We've got to start at the beginning. Uh, what are your general thoughts on the track? Um, oh, I think th- this, this track is probably... I would say probably in the top five I, as an over iconic tracks out there, as in you got um, the center, like the center S's I na- named after and center. Um, and then all over the tracks is drama as we'll talk about in the fond memories. And yeah, it's, it's a very good track. You can actually overtake unlike some tracks um, in the F1 calendar. And it's also very old school as well which there's a, a kind of a theme here where the old school tracks um, like Austria um, and uh, like Silverstone, all, all that, basically all the old school tracks are very good at overtaking. And you have, um, yeah, the new ones, which are quite hard. So it should be a good race. We said that last last week and it was quite boring, but I'm very confident that it'll be a good race because there's the uh, qualifying, what's called qualifying sh- uh, shootout race. Or sprint race. Sprint race. So it, should, it should be a good weekend. Yeah, I mean, I very much like this track as well. Um, as Joe said, it is, it is an old school track, but that brings the best out of the track. Um, I think turn one is probably one of the most underrated corners on the F1 calendar, to be honest. There's so many different ways you can overtake. And then um, there's also been some many dramatic weather, wet weather races at Brazil. So it always spices up a lot of drama. And uh, as the sprint is this weekend, I also expect more drama to unfold. Yeah, no, it it really is a, a good race and definitely up there with one of my favourites. It contains banked corners, lots of changes in camber. I mean, if you like your corners, this really is the track for you. It's like a, a track built to play at all McLaren's weaknesses this season. But um, yeah, it's normally a good race and hopefully it will be this, uh, this weekend. But um, before we go into fond memories, here is Robert giving an in-depth track guide of Interlagos. Hello and welcome back to the Scenario 7 track guide. This is Autodromo Jose Carlos Pache, also known as Interlagos. This iconic track near Sao Paulo has hosted some of the greatest F1 races in history. Coming in at just 4.9 miles, this track is one of the shortest on the calendar. We're now going up the banking of turn 15, ready to start our lap. Get ready to break near the 50 meter board, 
smooth entry into the first tricky corner. Careful through to the center S. Too much contact with the curb on the outside and it's easy to lose the back end of the car. GRS open there on the first straight heading into turn four. Very late on the brakes and exit straight onto the curb. Careful there, almost lost it. Flat out through turn five. Very late and light braking into turn six. And seven, try to carry some speed through this complex. Position yourself on the outside of turn eight now and no braking into nine. Carefully and gradually accelerate, putting yourself in a good position for turn 10. Hard on the brakes now. Very good exit on the outside curb. Now plant your foot down through 11 and then look for the 50 meter board on your right there to turn into turn 12. Hard on the brakes before turn 12, then flat out through 13, flat out through 14 and towards the end of the lap we're headed. DRS open there into turn 15 and we are crossing the line and that's a lap of the Brazilian Grand Prix. Thanks for that, Robert. Now let's move on to fond memories. Uh, there have been a lot of good races at this track, but uh, what races have you two chosen? Uh, Matt, do you want me to go first or do you want... Yeah, you, you can go first, um, Well, my, mine one is 2009, where obviously Jensen Button, my well, my favourite driver of all time, won uh, his only world championship, sadly, but it was a, a very thrilling race with... Um, with uh, I get up in the qualifying, yeah, yeah, with uh, Barrichello, uh, Braun, GP getting on pole with then Mark Weather second, truly the Force India third, and obviously uh, Toyota with truly in P4. But it was a very exciting race, very nervous, and brilliant overtaking um, by Jensen Button over uh, Kobayashi, which was kind of an emerging young talent at the time and then obviously at the end finishing in p5 yeah finishing p5 where he obviously uh, secured the title and it went a bit into pandemonium in the um in the pit lane with the braun gp and then kind of uh, set out the uh the presidency of of what of, of mercedes getting into the sport and obviously then winning loads of titles so i think yeah that that is my favorite for a race of of um around brazil uh for me there's so many to choose from um i'd firstly like to shout out nico hulkenberg he may never have got a podium but in 2010 he actually got pole around brazil so fair play to him but for for my one i've chosen uh 2008 um the famous is that glock uh such an iconic race um, you had Felipe Massa and Trulli blocking out the front row. Uh, there was a crash at turn one, which saw David Coulthard get spun around and hit into the wall. Uh, that brought out the safety car. And then from then on in, it was wet to dry. So a lot of people switched tyres. And then from then on, uh, Lewis Hamilton was the first one to pit back onto the wet tyres at lap 66. And... From then on, I mean, Hamilton just had so much pace. Massa was out in the lead. He did all he could to win the championship, but it just wasn't quite enough. Then at the very last corner, Timo Glock said, Lewis Hamilton, you can have you can have my position. And uh, yeah, that meant you won the championship by one point. So uh, definitely an iconic race. 
that is one of the one of the best races and one of the I don't know, it, it definitely lives in the memory of all British F1 fans as just the best race ever, really. But I, I've gone for the most recent race. Uh, we got we got to talk about it, so I'm taking up the Josh's spot for that. But 2000 amazing race, uh, 2019 Brazilian Grand Prix. The 2020 race was cancelled due to COVID, and so much happened. I can't really talk about it all. Um, in qualifying, Verstappen put uh, his car on pole, Vettel in second and Hamilton third. On lap nine, Ricardo spanned Magnussen, getting a five-second penalty. And then there was loads of overtaking going on throughout. But um, the next big incident was uh, the two Ferraris uh, going up the, uh, the straight after the first few corners. And they made contact, uh, giving, getting both punctures and DNFing out of the race on lap 66, <clears throat> which I know is a moment that Joe absolutely loves because of his hatred for Ferrari. But um, then the other talking point, which no one can forget, Hamilton sending Matt's lookalike Alex Albon spinning on lap 70, Hamilton getting a post-race uh, post five-second penalty, Verstappen ended up winning with Gasly in second and Sainz on third. So a really fun podium. And it was a first podiums for both Gasly and Sainz. And just an all-round exciting race. And one that I had I had to draw attention to. Though I'd like to add that the Gasly and Sainz are two drivers that I, I think would do very well this weekend. But I'll, I'll, I'll save that for my uh, predictions later. But um Let's let's move on to more general uh, predictions. Five things you expect to happen. Um, we've got the sprint race this weekend and qualifying on, th- on Friday. So throwing that in, <clears throat> throwing that into the mix as well. If you have any predictions for that, beer. Yeah, what are your five general predictions? Uh, I, I I've got this is well. I've got my first prediction is the fact that. A Red Bull or a Mercedes will have an engine problem. Don't know which one. Be one of them. Um, and then I would, I would, I would say rain on Friday because I looked at the weather forecast and it said it would, rain, which would, uh, I think, spice up the racing uh, for qualifying sprint race. Sorry. Um, and then the Haas to get lapped. I think twice. I think it's quite notable. Their car isn't very suited to this track. Um, and I'm going to say Russell getting in Q3 because obviously Williams have tradition of getting into Q3 uh, this season. And the cars, I think, would suit the uh, this track. And I would say a red flag uh, caused by rain. Fair enough. Uh, for my five, I think that someone will take a grid penalty. Um, don't know who, someone will. Uh, I think Gasly will finish in the top five. He's always very good around uh, this track. Um, I think Alonso will score points. Uh, I think this will suit uh, more of the older and more experienced drivers. Uh, I think there'll be a safety car on lap one. And uh, for my fifth prediction, I think that a McLaren won't score points. Some some interesting predictions there. So what so my five predictions. First of all, I've got I think Verstappen will take pole on Friday. 
I think the Verstappen will win the sprint race, but then I think that Hamilton and Verstappen will keep up their record for both DNFing on the on the race after a sprint race. And I think that they're both going to DNF uh, so that so they can keep up their tradition, which is a quite... Hamilton won Silverstone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, facts. But uh, I, I feel like they're going to DNF uh, keeping up their tradition after Monza. Maybe not Silverstone. I forgot that Hamilton won that race, which is pretty poor. Bear in mind that um, we, we did a podcast on that. But yeah, I think that they'll both uh, both DNF. Um, my fourth one is three red flags over the weekend. It could be one in each session, but um, I, I don't really know. I've not been specific. I just think there'll be three red flags. And then my final one is... McLaren to struggle due to the mid-speed corners. I think that this is the weekend where Ferrari will consolidate their position in third in the constructors. I see, I see. Joe disagrees with that, and I, I, I want to see why you why you shake your head, Joe. Uh, I think the McLaren's got no grid penalties, and I think Leclerc needs to take one. I'm pretty sure, and the McLaren have the top speed. Oh, so, so you're so you're predicting uh, a bonus prediction here that a Ferrari will take a um, will take an engine penalty. That's a that's an interesting one. Um, let's let's move on to the specifics. Though. I'm interested to see where you placed each driver. So, who is your specific top five, starting with fifth? Who do you want to start, Sam? I I don't mind, uh, Matt. Do you want to start as your as you're the guest? I might as well go for it. Uh, so in fifth place, uh, continuing on from my predictions, I think Gasly will finish fifth. Um, in fourth, the most consistent person to finish fourth this season is Charles Leclerc, so I think Leclerc will finish fourth. Third, I think Perez will finish on the podium. I think Red Bull are always going to be strong at this track. Uh, second will be Hamilton, and then first will be Verstappen. Yeah, I think this is the race where I think Mercedes are going to get their, I think, to get their own back because I, I describe Brazil very much of Hungary and Red Bull weren't particularly, I don't think, very strong at Hungary and the, the Mercedes were far superior. Obviously, Bottas taking Verstappen and himself out and obviously Perez out kind of helped that. But I think... I think that this is going to be a Mercedes track. I think they're going to dominate. Um, so for my top five, I'm going to put Norris because of the obviously the Mercedes engine and I think the top speed. And generally he does well at Brazil, I think. Um, and I then I'm going to go for uh, Perez in P4, uh, Max in P3, Bottas in P2, and obviously Lewis Hamilton in P1, which would put a massive dent into Verstappen's um, lead. And obviously there's probably need to talk about what positions we're going to do for the sprint race, probably, because obviously there's points. And I, I, I do see Max get, uh, winning, winning that, but I think Lewis Hamilton will finish P2 and then well, obviously Bottas in P3. P3. Yeah, some some interesting ones. I, I disagree because I, I think that 
Joe, you think that uh, Mercedes are going to be dominant here, but I kind of think that Red Bull will be dominant. However, I did say that both Hamilton and Verstappen are going to DNF. So uh, I'm going to have some fun with this top five. I agree with Matt's fifth and fourth, actually. I've got Pierre Gasly in fifth with Charles Leclerc taking up the fourth spot. In third, I've got Valtteri Bottas. In second, I've got Sergio Perez. And in first, predicting his first Formula One win, he was close a few years ago at Monza, but Carlos Sainz has had a sensational year this year. And if Hamilton and Verstappen both DNF, which is probably very unlikely, I think that Carlos Sainz, who got his first podium in um, in Brazil, will get will take it home and win for Ferrari. But yeah, Joe, you, you bought up the sprint race, and I think we should probably predict the sprint race results as well. Um, we'll just do the top three because they're the positions that score points. So where do you think that people are going to place in the sprint race? Oh, I've already done mine, though. I didn't mind in my... But I'll say it again. Uh, I think Max will get three points. So obviously pole, even though it's not pole. Um, and then I think Lewis Hamilton will get P2 and then Bottas P3. But there's also a big chance of Hamilton getting a grid penalty. So that could affect play, I think. But it'd be interesting for Mercedes want to risk, um, risk it. But yeah, that, those are my top three. Mm. Um, I think Verstappen will get the, the three points. Uh, Hamilton will get the two and Perez will get the one. Um, I think Alonso will benefit from the sprint because he always likes a... Uh, he always likes to send in the in the sprint, so uh, interesting how he gets on. Mm, I am going to completely agree with Matt. I think that uh, I think it'll be Verstappen first. I think Hamilton will come second, and Perez third, just because I think the Red Bulls look really strong. But I still think that Hamilton will uh, get his el- uh, get his elbows out and uh, get in between the two Red Bulls and be able to keep Perez behind. Um, we normally wrap up there. However, there's a question I forgot to ask earlier that I want to ask now. So back in 2008, we've talked about it in fond memories. We had that incredible race where Lewis Hamilton won the championship, uh, Massa missing out. And it was back then it was the last race of the season. Now the last race of the season, Abu Dhabi. And um, I don't think it's as good a track. Do you think that Brazil should go, uh, should re- that we should revert back to having Brazil as the final race? Or do you think Abu Dhabi is good enough? Um, I think if you're looking at the spectacle, I think Abu Dhabi is fine. Uh, I think it then, as in like a final race, because it's logistical wise, it it worked. I think if you want it to, if it's going down to the last race, what track would you rather have it as a fan, not as a driver or engineer, but as a fan, it would be Brazil because of the, as you said, 2009, um, when it rained in qualifying and then obviously Button getting P13 hadn't worked way through the field. 2008, where obviously Lewis Hamilton and then I think then Abu Dhabi came in 2010, didn't it? Yeah, it, it yeah. came about 10 years ago. Yeah, and there's also been races, um, can't remember, 
uh, when uh, Raikkonen won it in 2007. There's been, I think you're looking at drama-wise, I think Brazil is the perfect racetrack for the last um, race. If you're looking at the glamour, the, um, like, as in, to feel like an end of the race, end of the season, I think Abu Dhabi is fine. I think it's what F1 want to be, but also where the championship is 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 at that particular point as well. Um, I mean, Joe's basically covered everything I was going to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brazil uh, with the rain would definitely spice up the last race a lot more. Um, but I think Abu Dhabi, the logistics of it just suit the final race um, under the lights. Uh, there's not really much else to say. Joe's basically explained all of it. <laughs> yeah, I I would re- I would love it if it went back to Brazil as the final race because yes, Abu Dhabi, you've had the Sebastian Vettel uh, winning it. He's basically like, you just stay there, sunshine. You just stay there, and that was just amazing. Um, but I don't think. As you said, the drama with Brazil just brings a whole different element to it and it can really mix up who's going to win at the end of the day. So I think the Brazil is just such a great track and should be the one that they end on. But then if you want the firework displays and all that, then Abu Dhabi is the the place you want to finish on. But for me, I would love it to go to Brazil and not have it end on the no human rights trio. But um, anyway, uh, so one thing I would say, I would like it to, it to second to last race because it does add that spice to it in a way that, as in, until they added like Sarajevo and obviously Qatar, it's kind of lost the kind of the spectacle Brazil in a way because it's just, as in, you go, there's like three races left, which I kind of don't like. I like it when it was just Brazil and Abu Dhabi. I think it was the perfect mix of glamour and also drama in a way. Because you have where Alonso lost his um, title as well. I think it was 2012, I think it was, when uh, Vettel won it. And yeah, and it worked, then worked perfectly when they went to Abu Dhabi and finished off the season there. So yeah, I think it depends what F1 want from a spectacle do they want the money just going to these uh, middle east places or do they want uh, the mix the mix of uh, conditions of Brazil? yeah well finishing on the qatar saudi arabia and abu dhabi you just miss out on that committed fan base you know because in brazil you get a fantastic spectacle for the fans. They're, they're idol of Ayrton Senna. They had Felipe Massa almost win at his home, almost win the championship at his home Grand Prix. They're crazy about F1 in Brazil. And then now it's the fourth from last race with Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Abu Dhabi. It's just not the same. And in, in, in terms of money, they'll make loads of money from it. But from a fan's perspective, Brazil needs to be the last race of the second to last, in my opinion, anyway. But um, that wraps up our preview of the Brazilian Grand Prix at Interlagos. We will have a review for you probably on Monday um, because the race is a bit earlier, so we should be able to record one after the race. But yeah, thank you uh, for joining us for this preview. Make sure you like, subscribe, download, whatever you need to do. 
and uh, we'll see you for a review on Monday. Thank you.